This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We coming to eighth time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Now, okay, Ben. Okay. I that's like Damian that. Pierce. Yeah. I know that voice. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a voice that's going to be around for a while. I don't think sh- we need to worry about that one. What? He's a running back, so he's going to be around for at least a couple of years. Longer yeah. than Lovey. Yeah. Longer yeah, than Lovey. Yeah. For those who don't know, for, oh. those, for those who aren't up at 6 o'clock, um, because there's a lot of you. We have an open to the show. That open you hear where it's presenting the show, we, at 6 o'clock, Seth and I had the cut of Lovey walking into the building during training camp saying, good morning, H-Town, time to go to work. And Ben yeah. Gary, our producer, took creative license and deleted it from there the same way the Texans deleted Lovey from the Rolodex over at NRG Stadium earlier this week. But Ben redeemed himself because I like that Lovey cut. It kind of gets me ready for the day. But I understand Ben's thinking behind that. But you replace it. Play it one more time, Ben. I want to hear that again. All right, let's hear it. Presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We coming to eighth time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Let's go. All right, I like that. All right, good job, Ben. Little Damian Pierce in the intro. Yeah, little Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce. Um, who? Uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like any coach who comes in is going to feel like Damian Pierce is the right kind of guy. At least from whatever we've seen of him, he seems like a, like everything you want in a football player. You know. I. You know what they need to. What I would like to hear is them position Damian Pierce the same way that they were positioning all these major assets uh, that the team has when they're kind of selling because you heard Cal said it yesterday you know when he's talking about the job and hiring a coach and he's talking about the general enthusiasm around the, the opening and he says we got a lot of draft picks we got salary cap space and we've got Damian Pierce that's what I want to hear I want to hear him mention Damian Pierce I don't want to hear young pieces I just want to hear Damian Pierce Damian Pierce has that quality in a different way. He's got a much different personality than D'Amico Ryans or Aaron Glenn, two guys who uh, are both uh, being considered as potential coaches for the Texans. D'Amico, they've actually put in a request to talk to D'Amico. Aaron Glenn I've seen mentioned. I'm not sure how official that is or not. Um, 
Those guys have much more um, um, low-key personalities than Damian Pierce. Not many people are as uh, like Broadway-ready as Damian Pierce. But I think both those guys are guys that, like, if I had a if I had a son, that's how I would want them to conduct themselves as football players. That's how I was. I've always, as a player, I've always like found guys on teams that I've been on where I'm like, gosh, I wish I could be like exactly like that dude when it comes to professionalism and just like maturity, I guess. I always worked my butt off, but I wasn't as mature as D'Amico, who's 10 years younger than me, or Aaron Glenn, who is my age but always felt like he was 10 years older than me. Um, those guys are just like, they're the right kinds of guys. So like different personalities, but Damian Pierce, uh, Aaron Glenn, D'Amico Ryan's the right kind of dudes you want on your football team. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right. So Nick Casario held a press conference yesterday. Um, went about a half hour with the media. I was about to say went 15 rounds with the media and that's what it felt like at the end. It did feel at times like a bit of a prize fight, although Nick was not contentious at all um with that I do feel like he was getting he was getting asked a lot of questions that have probably been brewing for a while for a lot of folks uh about Nick's job security this has not been a good team the last two years and he's the general manager of it Seth and I have kind of laid out the comparison between the GM job and the head coach job we'll we'll get to Nick's exact words on on where he feels he's at with his job a little later on in the show this was though this is the last question of the press conference so you've got a press conference that had gone on for about a half hour, and I thought Nick Casario had been very um, fairly asked a lot of tough questions. Like I don't think he was asked anything that was out of bounds, to be sure. Um, and then came this question at the very end, and I don't even know if this qualifies as a question or a dude trying to get in as many one-liners as he could. Nick, you stated a lot of words out of what can you say to assuage the populace that y'all know what y'all are doing? Because at the end of the day, this is a trifecta. And right now, I want to go to Las Vegas, which you don't do nothing. I've never gambled in my life, so I've been to Vegas once and played the slot machine once. So the only thing I can say is I'm committed to trying to do the best I can for the organization. We're disappointed with where we are. We're disappointed that we've gotten to this point. My responsibility in my job is, since I arrived here is to evaluate everything thoroughly from a football operations standpoint. Have we gotten everything right? No, absolutely not. I'm not going to sit here and say that we've gotten any, everything right. I think there's some things that we made some progress. I think we've added some decent young players to the team. We try to put ourselves in a position where we have an opportunity here whether it's draft capital, salary cap, free agency acquisition, player acquisitions, and they're players that want to be here. So I think they believe in some of the things that we're trying to do. They believe in what we're trying to create. Has it come to fruition as of yet? It has not, but I think we're moving in the right direction. We have a lot of work in front of us, and you know I'm going to be here as long as I can to try to see it all the way through, and that's my commitment to the people in this room. That's my commitment to the people in this building, and that's the only thing that I really know how to do. Okay, so that, that was the answer, and that was the answer to a few of the questions. Well, yeah. Just real, real quick, just ben, ben, play the question itself one more time. Take a listen. He gets asked about Nick gets asked about word salad, and you're trying to complete a trifecta. And I wouldn't go to Vegas with you to something or other here. Nick, you stated a lot of word salad. By the way, what can you say to assuage the populace that y'all know what y'all doing? Because at the end of the day, this is a trifecta, and right now I want to go to Las Vegas, which you don't doing nothing. <laughs> So is, is at the end of the day, this is a trifecta, and right now I wouldn't um, do I would, what? I wouldn't go to Las Vegas with you for nothing. 
I wouldn't go to Las Vegas with you for nothing. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not a question. That's uh, I guess it was a question at the beginning, and then it was just a flat out insult at the end. Yeah. Um, I do think I think that it, I was thinking about this during the press conference because Casario answered that without seemingly really getting ruffled or anything. Some of these um, questions are absolutely ridiculous. Okay, he that he yeah, didn't say that. He was talking about the combine when he said that. Ben. <laughs> so. I think that the the thing about Casario is that he is I what, a lot of what I like in a general manager, which is a more analytical, less emotional guy. When it comes to giving you know super motivational pep talk type of answers, or you know stand up and tell me exactly why you're the guy for the job, it's that's not his personality, and that's why you have a general manager who's separate from the head coach. I think a lot of times the 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 best guy as a general manager is the guy, the guy that can't give the good uh, big emotional pep talks or sales pitches is the guy that also can make more calm, cool and collected decisions. So that's why you hire a guy that's got more of the, the head coach attributes. I think that, so like whenever you ask Casario or a lot of GMs, Hey, how come you're the right guy for the job? They're going to give you a lot of whether you want to call it word salad or, or what have you. Um, they're going to give you answers like that. So, which I, I guess, you know, where Nick gets in trouble sometimes with people in their minds, I think, is that he says things that are true, um, but they're not headline-grabbing. And 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 people don't like that. I, like, you know, he said something yesterday that every time I say it myself, I kind of cringe because I know it's not what people want to hear, but it's true. It's never just one thing. You know, like in sports talk especially, people want love for it to be one thing. Here's the one thing that'll fix baseball. Here's the one reason the Texans can't score in the red zone. Here's the one thing, the one thing, the one thing. When everything's really bad, there's multiple issues at hand. And um, people people hate complexity and people hate nuance and they hate all those things. So I think he gets accused of word salad a lot of times when it's really just him trying to be – as honest as possible. And I'm not saying, and that's not me, you know, claiming that he's done everything awesome or anything. It's just that that's, it's always more complicated than people want the sound bites to be. I think to your point about personality, I would be nervous if I had a GM that was a hellfire and brimstone GM. I'd be nervous if I had a GM <laughs> that was up there sounding a little bit delusional about how good things are or, um, or what they can accomplish this off season. Yeah. I do want my general manager to be a little more analytical, um, factual, <laughs> you know, as opposed to as opposed to delusional. So I don't yeah, I don't have a big problem at all with the uh you know, with Nick's well, tone or his demeanor, okay. you know, when it No, and the other problem too is honestly, like if you're characterizing this as hey, he's had two <laughs> chances at hiring coaches it's disingenuous. I'll say another thing, too. If you're lumping Romeo Cornell in as one of the Texans' previous five coaches, you're full of crap. Like, that's just, that's just, you're acting like you've never watched football before. You're calling an interim coach one of the most, re- people talk about, like, well, he fired, that Shannon Sharp said that yesterday. He did Romeo Cornell wrong. What the hell are you talking about? Like, does it, does Shannon Sharp even understand or realize that Romeo Cornell was an interim coach? Because nobody, that's not the way, Interim coaches in the NFL are treated or discussed as like one of the previous head coaches. Those interim coaches, it's a, the exception when they are retained, and usually a huge mistake when they're retained as an inter- interim head coach. So, um, like to act like 
this hire is the same as the previous two hires. The first of which, I'm much more critical of the David Culley hire than I am of the Lovey Smith hire. The Lovey Smith hire, it's a, it's basically an acknowledgement of how screwed up everything was up to that point. The David Culley hire was part of everything being messed up. And I, like, if you want to, like, if you want to insert race into it, especially the David Culley hire has all the optics of well. Deshaun's unhappy with uh, the situation, and gosh, it seems like he might want a black coach. Uh, but but we don't like Eric Bieniemy or these guys, so we'll give him. We'll just we'll we'll hire uh, this black coach, and maybe that'll make him happy. That's like a, it's like a yeah. complete just typecasting in your hiring. That's the optics of it. Yeah, like and that's that's a really really bad way to go about it. Um, whether that's the case or not, I just can't figure out why the hell David Kelly was ever hired. It was ridiculous. So, uh, like, but to act like somehow this hire right now, after the Texans have had Deshaun Watson on the roster, either demanding a trade or demanding a trade while being accused of sexual misconduct by two dozen women, that that's somehow the same as this hire, you're, you're lying. You're just lying. You're being dishonest to yourself. You're misrepresenting the situation. It's, it's Bowie, and you're presenting yourself as clueless. It's ridiculous. Uh, trailer Wheel and Frame text page, 713-572-4610. Before I read the text, we should mention Cliff Kingsbury was fired yesterday by the Arizona Cardinals. So we're at five openings right now. Here's what the text says. So basically, DeAndre Hopkins got Cliff Kingsbury fired by being on PEDs and missing part of the season. Easterby and O'Brien were right. Not a high-character guy, DeAndre Mm. Hopkins. Yeah, I forgot all those Super Bowl championship teams that have nothing but high-character guys. That's right. um, Go ahead and let me go. Hold on. Oh, oh, the container I keep those in is empty, I guess. Uh, There was... Yeah, take your Boy Scouts and go camping, you little bastard. Get out of my text line with this talk of your high character. I don't give a damn. Just uh, well, I do give a damn about character, but there's always like you got to make exceptions sometimes for talent. That's all. It, it is. Yeah. It is funny, you know. For, hop, put Hopkins aside for a second, because you can, the Hopkins trade sucked. I, I, I'm assuming text, are you being tongue in cheek? Now, the Clowney trade. Um, sucked at the time, but we didn't get to this yesterday because we had a short show. By the way, we're back yeah. to four-hour Monday shows starting next week, for those asking. So Seth and I are back to 6 to 10 a.m. on Mondays next week. Um, these clowny quotes from Cleveland this weekend were pretty awesome, <laughs> where he says he's 95% sure he won't be. He was sent home, basically, this weekend because he started talking trash about the team in Cleveland. He's got two sacks this year, by the way. He says, 95% sure I won't be back, but there's still that 5%. You never know what can happen. But he went on to say, I just feel like I need to be around somebody that believes in me and my ability. It can't just be me believing in myself. I believe in myself more than anybody, end quote. Yeah, he was upset that Miles Garrett was being positioned over the weakest pass protector. You know, something that teams do more and more these days because it's best to have your best pass rusher, who is 100% Miles Garrett and not Jadeveon Clowney, over the weaker offensive tackle. Um, and then Clowney, you know, like conveniently, at least in the article, didn't mention that, you know, as they're doing that, you're also creating one-on-one matchups for Jadeveon Clowney because they're they're going to slide protection towards Miles Garrett. It's just, um, it was a really, really, really weird Thing for Clowney to say with one week left in the in the season, 
for a guy that the rest of his career is going to be taking one-year deals to places that just maybe you like want to pair him up with a guy like Miles Garrett. It was a really, really strange move for Clowney, who we know has kind of sometimes I just been a little too loose in his conversations with media members to his own detriment. Well, like, he says stuff that he doesn't need to say uh, for God knows what reason, just because I think like he, he, some switch goes off in his head. Reading this article is really funny to me because we talked a lot about J.J. Watt last week. You and I did, and everybody did because he retired, or he announced his retirement. He's retired now. And one of the things you brought up, and if I'm mischaracterizing this, then just cut me off. But um, but I, you said that there were defensive linemen on the Texans that privately, at least, got a little perturbed because J.J. would break the huddle and line up over the, the weakest link. Uh, no, I never said that. Oh, okay. I thought somebody – maybe it wasn't you then. I, somebody said that okay. to me. Um, I mean, I said, I said in general there's, like, jockeying around and – like, on defensive lines, there's always – like uh, the veteran players or guys like kind of just arguing over where to line up. But okay. It's not, yeah, I didn't. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I thought, I thought uh, if it wasn't you, I, I had in my mind, somebody told me that there were Texans that were a little annoyed by that, knowing that it was JJ Watt doing it. They didn't say anything. I thought it was funny uh-huh. that here's Clowney who's going public with it now saying, yeah, they're trying to get Garrett into the hall of fame when all that matters is winning. Like Clowney's yeah, saying yeah, it publicly. But that's where Clowney, Clowney, though, too, is always just like a little out of touch with like exactly the way things work. No, like they're not specifically trying to get Miles Garrett into the Hall of Fame by that strategy. They're trying to get the best pass rush possible, which right. is all about winning. So, yeah, and that also does end up giving Miles Garrett all those extra stacks. Clowney's never been good at actually getting the quarterback on the ground. Like, right. Does he not realize that about himself now? No, it's just, clearly he doesn't. He's good at winning blocks, but he doesn't get – not to mention – Back when he was here, we moved him all over the place trying to get him over guards. You know, they lined him up off the line of scrimmage. So he his contention was that he was cool with it when he was younger and they were doing it with J.J. because he was the young guy and J.J. was already established. But now that Clowney's a veteran, he shouldn't be treated like that. What he doesn't realize is he's actually at that veteran status where now he needs to be cool with just coming in and and taking the snaps they give them and yeah. like and be a pass rusher it's a pretty cushy job. You're yeah. you're more of a second class citizen now than you were when you were playing with JJ Watt back yeah. on your rookie contract. <laughs> Miles Garrett had a good quote. He said, "We want volunteers, not hostages." Uh when they asked if he would uh, accept accept Clowney back to the team. Yeah, and dude. he didn't say no, but he said we want volunteers, not hostages. Well, Miles Garrett had to be like, "Okay, this guy's creating all sorts of questions for me now." You know, like with this right, quotes. Right, you know, yeah. like why am I getting asked about this? You know, like it's, it's like does he have to does Miles Garrett have to get up there and be like, well, I mean, honestly, I'm just a better pass rusher than Clowney, and yeah, that's the way that's the way a lot of teams do it now. It's not it's not just the the Browns trying to get Miles Garrett in the Hall of Fame. It's defenses realizing, okay, wait a second, we can just waste our best pass rusher like a, an offensive lines. If their best offensive lineman is a left tackle, the weakness there is that you have to keep your best offensive lineman in the same spot all the time for the most part because it's just the way offensive linemen work. Um, Whereas with your best pass rusher, they are usually way more ambidextrous than that and can line up all over the place. So it's a waste to just have a stalemate between two of your best players when you can go and affect their offensive like Just crush them. It would be like if if you're like a general – and you're like, where should we attack the enemy? How about where they're strongest? Yeah. Let's just go right up. Let's take our best regiment and put it right up against their best regiment. Like, look, I didn't go to West Point, but I know that's not the way it works. Yes. You try to find the weaknesses. What's been the characteristic that's won every war since the beginning of uh, mankind? Bravado. 
hubris. <laughs> Throwing your, <laughs> wasting all your best assets yes. against all their best assets immediately. Hubris <laughs> wins in the end. Yes, dude, that's what happened in World War One, Sean. Real quick history lesson, uh, like. People didn't understand the power of the machine gun. So in the first waves of World War One, it was like all these old school tactics of bravery and everything. We're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna charge the enemy. It was yeah, yeah. And then meanwhile, you got you got generals twenty miles back. We're like, what are these cowards doing? Yeah, not not running into death. So then you ended up. So then, so then, so the for the first couple years of World War One, it was all the Europeans figured out. Oh, here's the deal. This sucks. Um, it's just suicide to run into. So so they that's when they got they they got entrenched literally, mm-hmm. and they were just sitting there in trenches staring at each other. Yep. And then the Americans come over. And we don't read the paper, so we're like, "Hell yeah, <laughs> let's go get these these Germans!" And they they they, they ran into the machine guns. That's craziness. So uh, so that's we say all that to say, Clowny will learn. Clowny will learn. Yeah, <laughs> Clowny's out there. Clowny yeah. is uh, a World War One doughboy who's like, "What's everybody waiting for?" It's that noise. Nick Casario under siege yesterday at his press conference. Uh, what is the mood right now for the Texans' general manager heading into this all-important offseason and coaching search? You'll hear from him next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. You know, I have a responsibility and I understand, like, let's be real. Let's be honest. I mean, the clock is ticking. You know, time is short, but that's okay. Like, we live in a high-pressure, we work in a high-pressure environment. The expectations are high, and it's about performance. And if I don't do my job well enough, you know, in the end, and quite frankly, you probably think that I haven't done my job well enough at this point, and that's more than fair. At some point, you know, decisions will have to be made, and the only thing I can do is make a commitment to our building, to our ownership group, to our team, to our organization, that we're going to do everything we can to try to come up with a better result. That was the tone of yesterday's press conference with Nick Casario. Uh, It was... Press conference done just 24 hours, less than 24 hours after firing Lovey Smith. So we knew that the theme in terms of the Texans to-do list was going to be Lovey Smith 
finding a new head coach, um, maybe even a little bit with the draft, um, it really turned into, for the most part, um, Nick Casario being asked about his job security, being asked, you know, why should people trust you, trust the organization after burning through two coaches in two years to make this decision? Um, you know, do you feel like you should be securing your job? Things like that. You know, those were the tone of all the questions. And I thought, you know, I, I thought Nick handled himself pretty well. He didn't get contentious about it. I thought he was pretty self-aware about where the team is right now. I mean, it's hard to deny. It's been the worst team in football the, over the last three seasons. He's been here for two of them. Um, the, to me, Seth, the, the overriding feeling coming out of that press conference is that Nick Casario knows that when the finger gets pointed, because there's been a lot of places you can point the finger the last two years because so much of why this team has been so bad, is because of the previous regime. You know, when you first got here, you could still point the finger at Bill O'Brien, and you could point it at Jack Easterby. You could point it at ownership. As these yeah. two seasons were playing out, you could point it at David Culley for the weird decisions he would make or just his inability to really be an NFL head coach. You could point the finger at Lovey this year because the run defense was so bad and Pep Hamilton because the offense was so bad. When the finger gets pointed this year, if this team is at the same level it's been the last three It'll be Nick Casario's ass on the line. Yeah, I guess um, the the question is, though, if you hit the reset button over the last two years, is this when the official ascension begins? Is you like, should you expect, should you expect there to be a marked improvement by way of, I don't know what that would be, a 500 record? Um, and I think, I think my answer is yes. I think that's fair because if you hire the right coach, you're going to have, Two more first-round picks. If they if they go out and are somewhat aggressive in free agency and they actually sign viable players, not just one-year patchwork things like they did this last year. Remember, they they the last two seasons they've they've gotten you know one and two-year deals on veteran free agents who are very much journeymen. It was very much just kind of a treading water type of scenario. Guys that you hope were good examples for the younger players so that now some of these younger players, like Christian Harris hopefully, can can take over. Um, they, you should be able to be 500 if you hire the right guy. Yes. I think that's, a, I think that's, a, that's not, like a, it's not some pie in the sky. Much like the Jacksonville Jaguars went about 500 this year after being one of the worst teams in football last year. You know what's, to me, what's interesting about where this team's at, because they're picking in the top two. If they want a quarterback, they can get a quarterback in this draft. I almost feel like drafting a quarterback this year, assuming it's not a disaster like a Zach Wilson-level disaster, if they draft a quarterback who shows some things, it almost gives you a license to have a lesser record in 2023. You can go... I agree with you about being around 500, you know, seven, eight wins, whatever that may be. You can go, I think, four and 13, five and 11. And if CJ Stroud or Bryce Young are showing signs of things, people are going to be okay with that, especially if, they, especially if they feel like you made the right hire at head coach, too. Then it doesn't, yeah. be, it doesn't become as dependent on record. Now, if you go with the fortify the roster approach, it probably won't be Davis Mills. It'll be some veteran bridge guy for a year. And then whoever the new head coach is, depending on how people feel about him, I actually think that puts more pressure on you to win more games if people feel like 2023 is the report card on Nick. And part of it, Seth, is this season has shown 
This season, there have been teams that I think amp up the pressure on Nick Casario. One is right in their own division. Jacksonville had the first pick in the draft two years in a row. They just won the division. The New York Jets used the number 2 overall pick on a quarterback who's a disaster, and they still found a way to win seven games this year. Um, Philadelphia was picking sixth in the draft back in 2021. They're the number one seed. They're the number one seed in the NFC, and that's with a quarterback they drafted in the second round being an MVP yeah. candidate, it stands to complete reason they would be interviewing the coordinators from Philadelphia. Detroit um, finished 9-8 and eight this year. Uh, they, they were picking second in the draft last year. They're the Detroit Lions. Washington was picking second in the draft a couple of years ago and drafted Chase Young. They've had a disastrous quarterback situation for several years now, and they finished 500 this year. They finished 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. So they're... I think that I think those teams, I think those teams, it's those seven and eight win teams that have been perennial doormats that all of a sudden this year made this rise that have also amped up the pressure significantly on Nick. Yeah, I think if uh, look look at Deshaun Watson, his rookie year, he went three and three in three starts, right? In, in six games? starts, yeah. yeah, in six starts. In six starts, he went three and three. They lost the first game. Um, I think uh, it's hard to say by the <laughs> That wasn't Deshaun's fault. <laughs> that, no, it was a Tom Savage got sacked 27 times yeah. before he came in. And, uh, and an entire preseason had been wasted on getting Tom Savage ready to start that game. But yeah. anyway, I think that, you know, let's say Deshaun had gone two and four in those six starts, or if he had finished the season with only, you know, four or five wins if he, if he completed the season. I I think people would have been cool with that because they saw the excitement and the potential for Deshaun Watson. So it no is doubt. in those flashes if you have a rookie quarterback that that that's where you get some hope in the fan base. Yes. Um beyond that, yeah, if they if they roll Davis Mills out there again and they don't and they don't bring in either a Garoppolo or a Derek Carr or somebody like that. I don't know who it would be. Um, and they don't go 500, then, yeah, it's going to feel like, well, what the hell are we doing here? I mean, what, it, what, it, what are we actually even accomplishing? So uh, that's – I don't know. Is 500 the bar? <laughs> it, it, you got to wait and see what it looks like. Yeah. You gotta, and you got to wait and see what – if they draft a quarterback – okay, if Casario drafts a quarterback and it's obvious and apparent that he's Zach Wilson uh, right from the start, is that it for him? Is that is that the end for Nick Casario? I don't know if it is in the eyes of the McNairs. It certainly would be in the eyes of the fan base, a hundred percent. A hundred, yeah. If the if the quarterback they draft looks completely overwhelmed in his rookie year, then yeah. then yeah, they're they're going to be calling for his head. Absolutely. That's where and that's where the dicey thing is. If you don't feel great about one of these quarterbacks, you gotta. I mean, this is how this is how Chris Ballard, who's widely respected as a general manager and personnel guy up in Indianapolis. This is how Chris Ballard finds himself on the hot seat because he's just year after year kind of turned his nose up at various quarterbacking options. Uh, it's at some point, at some point you got to put him out on the table and see what happens. And maybe it costs you your job, but that's just, uh, it's at some point it's, it's go time. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Um, we've got some leftover nuggets. One in particular from the, Texans win over the Indianapolis Colts. If you're a Texan fan who was angry at the Texans for winning the game because the Texans fell from number one to number two in the draft, wait till you hear the story about what that Davis Mills Hail Mary meant. Seven figures to a Houstonian in the bad way. We'll tell you the story next. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Fourth and 20 at the Colts 28. Mills all alone in the backfield. Here's the snap. Davis looking. He scrambles out to the right. Got to get rid of it. Throws it to the end zone and caught it. Jordan Akins. My goodness. On fourth and 20, Akins with the catch. Okay, I know there's a lot of Texan fans out there that were watching that drive by the Colts or by the Texans against the Colts at the end of that game and feeling like it's 4th and 12. When is the last? The Texans didn't complete a 3rd and 10 or longer for about two months this season. There's no way they're converting 4th and 12, and they convert 4th and 12. And you go, okay, well now the Colts just have to get off the field here. It's the last minute of the game, and it's finally it's 4th and 20. They just completed a 4th and 12. There's no way they complete a 4th and 20. And the Colts are going to get out of here, and the Texans are going to have the number one overall pick in the draft, and life is going to be great. And Bryce Young will be ours. And we're going to go on holding hands for the next 15 years and win multiple Super Bowls. That's how everybody felt. And then that play that you just heard happens. The ball sails through. On 4th and 20, the ball sails through an Indianapolis defensive back's hands. Doesn't even get tipped. Like, sails through like a swish. Like, sails through and lands right in the arms of Jordan Akins for the touchdown, and the Texans get the two-point conversion, and they win the game. And you're a Texan fan, and you're going, not only could the Texans not lose to secure that number one overall pick, but they they win in the most improbable fashion, maybe in, certainly in the history of this season, maybe in the history of the franchise. Two, fourth, and 12 or longer. Fourth and 12, fourth and 20. So... I'm going to tell you a story now that's going to make you feel better, Texan fans, and you're going to feel better because you're going to wallow in the misery of a fellow Houstonian for a second. The Circa Sportsbook, Seth, has a survivor pool. Circa Sportsbook is a sportsbook out in Vegas, really, really cool hotel in, um, in old, old Town Vegas, in downtown. They have a survivor pool where they've got, um, there were over 6,000 entries in a pool of first prize of over $6 million. And the way a survivor pool works, for those who don't know, is you just all you got to do is pick an NFL team to win a game each week, and you keep going, and you try to survive till the end of the year. The catch is you can't use a team more than once. Once you use a team, that's it for the – so, you, hey, let's I'll, I'll use Kansas City in week one. Awesome. Can't use them the rest of the year. So it gets trickier and trickier as the season goes on because presumably you've used up a lot of the good teams. The Circa survivor pool – was down to three people left out of over 6,000 heading into week 18, each with a shot at the $6 million. Two of them survived using the um, using Jacksonville 
against the Titans and the Seahawks against the Rams, which were two dicey games, man. Seahawks went to overtime, and the Jags needed a defensive touchdown to win that game. The other remaining contestant, a Houstonian by the name of Michael Barth, went with the Indianapolis Colts over the Houston Texans. And by virtue of that touchdown that you just heard and the two-point conversion, he lost his share of the $6 million grand prize, presumably a couple million bucks, based on that play. Can you imagine? You got the two-point conversion, man. Can you imagine, Seth, can you imagine sitting there watching the game, watching this two-point conversion, knowing that you may have millions of dollars riding on it? Here we go. Texans going for the deuce and the lead. Here's the snap. Davis looking, throwing to the end zone, caught and converted. Jordan Akins comes up big again, wide open as the Texans grab a one-point lead with 50 seconds to go, 32-31. Yeah, I wouldn't sleep for at least two months after that happened. I think um, that's, uh, yeah, how much was his individual share? Well, I'm assuming they would just divide it three ways. There were three people left, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's rough, man. That's rough. That's a uh, that's a tough one right there. There, there's, there you go. So just uh, <laughs> watching that defensive back jump up, like knock it down. Yeah, but there's somewhere out there, Sean. There's somebody that maybe had a trifecta that involved the the Texans covering maybe. on that one. Maybe. So that uh, why do why do we always focus on the losers and that somehow the Texans screwed this guy over? Because we do a radio show over. and it's sexier to talk no. about that. No, 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 no. Michael Barth can. Uh, you know what he can do. He can, he can just. Uh, oh, he's a go Houstonian. Die, All right, everybody. he's fine. Yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that what you want to say? Seth? Is that what you want to tell him to do? To I'm, a, I'm so honestly, I'm so disgusted with so many of you, including you, Sean, over this notion that somehow Lovey was giving an fu to the uh, to the Texans with that final. I conversion. never said that. I was reading people's texts. Why are you saying me? I never said he well, was. You doing said it. it. You read it. You read it. I did you say it, it and then I read I'll other take it people's out of texts. And say you did. Okay. This uh, this notion that I feel like is a bunch of people who actually weren't watching the Texans this year because I'm watching yesterday Adam Schefter says it and I and I'm including in this the Texans fans who weren't watching the Texans because where on earth do you get off thinking that in that moment Lovey Smith thought oh yeah we'll go for the two-point conversion because we're um we're definitely going to get it and that'll be an FU to the team like they're the 27th ranked red zone offense I watched wow. them from third and one, <laughs> fail to convert on the goal line versus the Colts uh, <laughs> twice in a row. Like they're not, they're not a good football team. Okay, hold on. And the notion that, but this is what really drives me insane. This is what drives me insane. This is where everybody's got to stop being so stupid about this. Wow. Every yesterday, I asked the question, like, help me out with this. How is that a, how is that a bleep you to the Texans um, at the end of regulation? When the entire game, for 59 minutes, Lovey Smith's been trying to win that game. At no point was it considered a bleep you it, because they were trying to win the game then. But somehow on the very last play of regulation, people are saying, well, in the exact same situation in the Colts game in the first game of the year, uh, he went for the tie. You stupid sons of bitches. It was 12 minutes later in the, in the Colts game. He, he punted in overtime. What the hell are you talking about? I will not stand here, Sean. And have people act like Lovey Smith, who's a very classy individual, was trying to deliver some parting shot to the Texans, who we don't even know if he was certain he was going to get fired at that point. Um, by, by running a two-point conversion, then he knew damn well he had very little chance of actually uh, accomplishing. Was, he, was, he, was it an FU to the Texans for throwing the Hail Mary in the first place? No, it was not. No, People no. quit being stupid about this. Yeah. Damn it.
No, I definitely don't think that's the case. Um, I here's my thing of all the all that you just said right there. There are five teams that are worse than the Texans in the red zone this year. They're twenty seven. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of bad teams. That's another thing. People I get don't it. I know. I understand yeah. that. This this one was yeah. this one was really bad though offensively. Uh, people are mad at Lovey acting like that last play of regulation, mind you. There's still overtime after that. Like it, somehow, if he had gone for the tie, were they going to be just as mad if they if they passed the ball at all on their first possession right. of overtime because it's he's trying to he's trying to win the game then. It's nonsense. Yeah. Um, for what if it's you're mad, if you're mad at the Texans for not tanking, be mad at Nick Casario for actually putting starters. Yeah, out playing there. guys. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right, right. If you're someone who wanted to tank, Nirvana for you, inactive porn for you would have been opening up the inactive list and seeing Laramie Tunsil, Brandon Cooks, Jalen yeah. Petrie, Christian Harris. And a, and a bunch I, of guys who were injured actually in uniform for the day, but yeah, just not I'm just, playing. I'm honestly, I'm trying to figure out. And mind you, the Texans last year were part of a lawsuit that was alleging that the owner of the Dolphins had told the, uh, Brian Flores to tank. Um, and that that was an awful, awful thing. I'm like really just struggling to imagine just why now Lovey Smith somehow is, should be expected to intentionally lose a football game when he's out there versus, you know, having, having the play – if it's done in the last game of the year, generally the way it goes, the GM just benches a bunch of guys. But once you're on the field and you got the guys out there, you try to win the game. Unless you're, you know, you're trying to rest guys for playoff position. I think it's very evident from top down they wanted to win that game. And you can say it's stupid yeah. and you can say that the number one, the difference between having the number one pick and the number two pick is some cataclysmic franchise changing sort of thing. And I'll admit that when. When they got to fourth and 20 and it looked like they might have the first overall pick purely as a radio host who thinks that the buildup to getting the number one overall pick would be a fun few months of radio, I was a little frustrated. But I think the organizationally they wanted to win the football game and you can, you can, you can treat it however you want. Now, real quick, and we'll get to headlines, as far as Michael Barth goes, this guy who on paper at Circa lost out on a couple mil, he did yep. say during an interview – that he was quote well hedged, so oh, he did God. he did find some places and presumably some either he has the money himself or he found some people to front the money to put plenty on the money line for the Colts in that game, which is which you know probably a little pricey because they were the favorite. But he said he was well hedged, but there was certainly more out there for him to win. You know what, boy, that is a great. Um, no matter how you're actually feeling on the inside. I think in any situation in life moving forward, uh, you should use that. Whenever something doesn't go your way and people might, might be like, gosh, you must feel just awful. Just to you know, kind of wink and be like, I was well hedged. Yeah. You know, you're like, your wife leaves you. Well and, uh, and you're like, wow, boy, poor guy. Just be like, I was well hedged. Well hedged. And then just give a, like, a, a little wink there. Yeah. And then she's thinking like, wait a second. Was this son of a bitch cheating on me right. as I was cheating on That's him? That's what well hedged. It doesn't matter be. if you were or not. Just let her uh, let her think that let you were. Think. Yeah. Well hedged. I like well, that. I was well hedged. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. I had better options. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, all right, let's it helps get... if you're not like you know soused off a of cheap liquor at that point. Right, <laughs> right. I, I'm doing fine. I'm well, well hedged. <laughs> I got a little friend I like to call Jim Beam. <laughs> or keep me warm at night. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 